button. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doctors of Running Virtual Roundtable, where we, three doctors of physical therapy, discuss the art and the science to the stuff that we're putting on our feet. A um, little bit of a sad day today. We're recording on Sunday, March 21st. The Badgers lost in the NCAA tournament, which was expected. Uh, glad they at least got one win out of the tournament, but um, yeah, it's a little bit of a somber day. So we'll keep that in mind as we keep going through this review. In other news, uh, today, uh, you probably, if you've been watching, you've seen the shoe that we're going to be talking about, uh, but we are going to be talking about the Puma Deviate Nitro Elite, different than the Puma Deviate Nitro, uh, and we will go into the differences a little bit, but this is the first shoe that we're talking about uh, on our roundtable from Puma. If you've been you know, following a lot of the other reviewers out there, you've been seeing this is their big year. They have reinvested in the run specialty world. Um, thankfully, we've been able to talk with their development team a couple times over the last couple of weeks um, on a couple of different sides of development just to learn a little bit more about what that process has been like. They have connections with a couple of different universities and researchers that have been putting in stuff for a number of years. And this is the culmination of that. So anything before the nitro line, you're not getting the full gamut of research from Puma or investment in um, uh, and kind of wear testing all the stuff that they put into it. Um, but now you, you would be. So another shoe that I've been running in that I'm getting a review out on is the velocity nitro from Puma as well. This is their kind of daily trainer option. Um, also a really nice shoe, actually. Uh, but today we get to talk about one that's a little bit has a little bit more of the intrigue factor from the racing world. Um, this is their carbon plated carbon plated marathon racing flat uh, that Molly Seidel wore uh, and broke her half marathon PR in. So we are excited to dive into this shoe. Before we go much farther, I'm just going to give a couple of specs. Um, for those who haven't seen it before. So the stack height, you have 36 millimeters in the heel, 28 millimeters in the forefoot. It's an eight millimeter drop and that includes the sock liner. So you probably lose a millimeter or two of the actual foam once you take the sock liner out, which it is glued in. Um, so you'd have to rip out the glue, which I did not do. Um, and then you have for me, uh, it's a 6.7 ounce shoe in my men's size nine. Uh, for you guys, it's, did you guys weigh yours? Do you have it off the top of your heads? No. Mine it's was okay. 7.1. So I think that's right. Matt has a size 10, 7.1. So the, okay. the foam is kind of where you get a little bit of the unique aspect of the shoe. It's a supercritical foam. It's a nitrogen-infused PIBA uh, foam instead of nitrogen-infused EVA. So that's definitely different. It's called their Nitro Elite Foam. Uh, and then you have a carbon fiber plate, which they call the InnoPlate. We will talk a little bit more about the design of that plate, how it's shaped um, for as much as we know. And then we might even dive into some of the ideas surrounding plates and how you can form plates. Uh, so we will talk about that as well. The upper is a mono mesh upper, super thin. If you can see on the screen, you can see my fingers. So if you don't like a white shoe, you could just wear a pink sock and then you can have a pink shoe or something like that. You can just choose whatever color you want based on your socks. So let's start with fit. So what did you guys think for a marathon racer? What did you guys think of fit, comfort, uh, step in, feel, all those kinds of things? So a lot of the like marathon racers out there, it's known frequently, especially with longer distances, the companies will typically include a pretty stiff heel counter. So for me, something I definitely didn't like in some other shoes with how close my calcaneus was getting to that, there's no heel counter here at all. It's amazing. It just, it, it says... There's obviously a little reinforcement um, through the heel collar, but fit overall is actually very comfortable. It's not a, definitely not a snug like track spike fit. There's plenty of room. The, I almost, I'm very impressed by the toe guard, which just seems like an external almost addition to the, the mesh material here. Super light, super minimal. I did get, it's, I did have to secure the lace a little bit, but I still haven't had the lace locked the shoe. Um, I've been really impressed with how well this forms the foot and locks the foot down, but it's also very free. It's like, I don't feel like it's restrictive. I don't know how to say this. It doesn't feel like I'm locked down, but it stays relative. My foot stays where it needs to be. So upper is very well done. I feel like this is often an area that's totally missed on a lot of shoes. 
And if you are somebody who's sensitive to heel counters, check this shoe out because there's none. And uh, the, this was done very well for those people that have any sensitivities to pressure from an upper. So that that's me. David, Nathan, what'd you guys think? Yeah, I was really impressed with the upper as well. So if you look at the heel, it's not necessarily a counter. It looks more like a reinforced suede. I'm holding a mic, so it's going to be hard for me to point at the same time. But right through there, that's what gives it that little bit of structure right on the backside. Other than that, like Matt was saying, there really isn't anything else. There's a tiny little bit in the heel collar itself. But despite that, it locked down really well. I was able to take turns in this thing super hard and like it held just fine. Uh, also in the midfoot, there's a little bit of a strap and that also integrates with the lacing system. And so that also gives a little bit of a midfoot hold on it as well without it being overly involved. Like the way Klein was saying it as well is like it doesn't feel locked in. It doesn't feel like that snug vapor weave type fit, but it still feels like it's secure and it's not going anywhere. And it's, it's a really nice upper and the, the four foot's wide, it, plenty of room for swelling. It's a normal width throughout. And I think this is going to be an upper that agrees with a lot of people because it's almost like a hybrid between that normal daily trainer volume, but it has the light, like incredibly light lockdown of a racing shoe as well. Um, the mono mesh, I mean, it's translucent. You can see through it all the way. And also just a testament to how well it stood up. I, this had no fault of the shoe to any degree. This was totally my stupidity. But I rolled my ankle really hard in this shoe on the track. That's a story for another time. But <laughs> the upper held up just fine. Like my foot went like sideways and like... I, you would think like on a racing shoe, like there'd be some stretch or maybe a blowout or a tear or something. Totally fine. So I think, I think the important part of the story is that you, you stepped basically on like a 90 degree ledge <laughs> like, or like, like a 45, maybe, 90 degree ledge. That's important. like 60, 60, 75, okay, 60, maybe like, you weren't just like a pretty around. sharp embankment there. Yeah. yeah. You, you stepped off the track partway off the track. You weren't like rounding a corner and rolled it. You just, Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I was taking a windbreak off in between repetitions and I didn't have my eyes on the floor. So that, that's what happened. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it's, it's really done well. This is probably one of the best uppers that I've put on my feet in all honesty. My only thing, the tongue did slip a little bit. It didn't affect the lockdown at all. It honestly, I didn't really notice it. It was more when I finished the runs and I looked down and it was kind of like off to the side or whatever, but I didn't change the feeling or the lockdown that I got from the shoe. But this was it like really the only thing. Was it like way off to the side where laces were exposed or like, you know, 25, 50% moved? How far did it go for you? Probably up to about 50%. Okay. So it didn't, it didn't move out enough where like the laces were on the top of your foot. I mean, maybe like 50 is pretty, that's a lot. Yeah, that's true. The tongue is pretty thin. It's pretty comfortable. Yeah, that's it is not gusseted. So there is an additional lockdown here through the mid, but there's some additional like there. Yeah, um, that locks, but that's not connected to the tongue at all. It is free floating. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Um, the only two things I'll just reiterate and kind of agree with is this is like from your heel to your midfoot. It's locked down like a, like a true racing flat. And then you have enough room in the forefoot for that swelling. So like you, it's just exactly what you guys said, where it has this like almost a trainer fit in the front, but it's so locked down. And then um, for anyone who's, I, I still think the closest one that I've ran into is the Skechers mono mesh, except this one is just like softer and less plasticky than that. Um, and then I loved the little bits of padding through the heel um, that kind of hug right underneath your the the bones of the ankle like the malleoli those if you feel like your ankle bones on the outside that it just it just hugs right underneath there i felt like that helped with securing the the heel down and i just had no slippage with it just super comfortable and so light i mean like it's just a feather so really comfortable and the suede kind of um midfoot straps i think they they did a good job maybe it would be nice to just have that tongue gusseted down to that i bet that wouldn't mess up the the fit it too much it would probably just stabilize the tongue so 
Good. Uh, well, not on fit. By the way, you mentioned the Skechers like Speed Elite and some of those other similar shoes. This this is going to have more volume than those. Those definitely fit a little closer. These definitely fit a little bit. I don't want to say wider. There's just more volume <coughs> as a comparison. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Sorry, I didn't clarify. Just from like a material standpoint, not like a width. Um, so yeah, good fit for all of us. And we all have slightly different preferences on fit. So it was pretty versatile, I guess, in that way. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the fun, the fun part of it. Um, how did this thing ride for you? What kind of paces did you guys bring it through? Um, you know, how did you feel like the carbon plate interacted with the foam? Uh, let's talk about that stuff. I really like this foam and setup. I have to say this is one of the most natural feeling. And I guess we can classify this as a super shoe, right? Technically, I, I don't like that term often, but it's a P-backs, uh, nitrogen-infused P-backs foam, correct? Am I saying that right, Nathan? Mm -hmm. so, nitrogen-infused P-backs foam with a carbon plate that's not just a full, it's full length, but it's modified in a very interesting shape at the end of the toes that I think provides actually some great stability. It's definitely, it's got bounce to it. Like this is one of those shoes you step in and you take a step and it, it, there's that feeling. And you're like, oh, this is not a normal shoe. And it's very fun to run in. I've used it for most workouts. I've used it for shorter intervals, fartleks. I've used it for a temple run. And it's just a, it's a fun shoe. It's got a bounce, but it's not insane and unstable. Like say the Vaporfly for me, while I, I do like the original, it's the Vaporfly is super soft. It's super unstable. This one has that bounce, but it's not unstable. It's a little bit more directed. I felt a little bit more stable and it's just a fun shoe. Um, definitely not. It actually it's light. It's super light. And I definitely think you could use this for a variety of distances, but definitely a little bit more based on the cushioning for longer distance stuff. It's certainly just like people are using the alpha fly for 5k. You could definitely use this from 5k all the way up to the marathon i think there's plenty of shoe there for that but yeah no matter where you land just a fun bouncy ride but i noticed a little bit of guidance to the forefoot which makes this kind of one of my favorites um and i think that's part of the plate design that we'll talk about in a little bit but definitely bounce it's definitely not a normal foam <laughs> i'm really excited to hear david's thoughts because david runs a lot in the alpha fly which i think there's some maybe some comparison there in terms of foam feeling. So I'm just excited to hear what you think. You've run in a million of the carbon-plated racers. So, David, what are your thoughts on the ride of this guy? Yeah, I agree with Matt. I mean, the, the Deviate Nitro Elite, this is a very, very fun shoe to run in. I mean, this is one of those shoes you put on your feet and you just immediately feel something special. It's The foam is that super critical... Piba infused nitrogen, you know, or nitrogen infused Piba. Uh, you immediately get that suspension feel. This is legitimately the closest thing that I have felt to the next percent or to the, to the zoom X. Uh, the alpha fly is the highest stack, obviously out of everything listed. So it's a little bit different than the alpha fly because this is eight ounces and 40 millimeters of stack, you know, but it, does not feel as unstable. It doesn't feel as trampoliney, but you still get quite, you still get a good bounce and you still get plenty of protection and it's still really responsive. I would say it's probably a hair off of the alpha fly in terms of responsiveness, but it's a lot more comfortable than the alpha fly. And I think it's interesting when you look at the shoe from a construction standpoint, there isn't really like a harsh bevel on it. There's not a harsh toe spring it kind of relies on a lot of traditional means. Like it feels like a very traditional shoe in a lot of ways, but at the same time, it feels like a completely new age quote unquote super shoe at the same time. So I think this is a shoe that's going to agree with a lot of people. It feels like a trainer in some ways, but it's very, very special in other ways. And I've taken this through pretty much every pace imaginable at this point, like warming up and cooling down and, from 425 mile pace up to about maybe 540 mile pace, 530 mile pace. Like I did track workouts and intervals, you know, like 400s, 600s, 1Ks, an eight mile tempo. Like it responded to all of it, whether it was track or road. It's, it's a very versatile shoe. It's lightweight on the foot. It feels light. It feels bouncy. 
and it feels stable like in the we didn't really talk about the plate too much but it is split like the carbon x2 up in the forefoot and so it's a little bit different so instead of having that cut out in the great toe it's split over to the contralateral aspect on the lateral side of the foot what that does who knows but it creates a little bit more flexibility in that forefoot and that's what i think is the most obvious thing when you when you land and you snap off but i like that it doesn't feel like too much it feels natural this is the most natural feeling of the quote-unquote super shoes that i've put on and it's just really comfortable i'd like to say by the way that this is the and i think nathan i quote i don't remember who it was i think it is either nathan or david who said that first when we were talking uh, over over chat, but definitely the most natural feeling of all the shoes that that are like kind of similar situation, but also still an awesome, and that's that's in a positive way, also awesome. But Nathan, yeah, you- it almost feels like a no gimmick kind of super shoe. Yeah, like it feels like this is the real deal, but it doesn't feel like there's anything overly special or or different about it in any specific region, like. If you look over at Asics, they have like the guide sole. If you look at Nike, they've got that fly plate, that big hoof. You look at Adidas, they've got that energy rod. They got that thing. Like everyone's trying to do something like unique and special. And I feel like this one, they are, but they aren't at the same time. And it it just, it's a really fun shoe. And it's one I think that is worth looking at. I honestly do. I think it's an immediate player in this market. I definitely, David, remind me to bring up a comment on that, but. Nathan, what do you think about this shoe? I'm curious. Oh, <laughs> you can give your thought, man. I'll, I won't forget my okay. ride feelings. You go first. So again, on that note, you know, we talk about rocker shoe. We talk about heel bevels and stuff like that. And they're not negative, right? But they can create very much an artificial feeling. So for certain people that don't have the mobility and they aren't using those, those mechanics or rockers in their foot naturally, um, the some of those ones like the Alpha Fly or Vapor Fly, the the you know examples like that one. Some of the ones from Hoka, some of the ones from Adidas, the ones that are really a lot of shoe and very extreme in the measures they use. I, we've talked about this before. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's certain populations of people, like say the recreational runner or somebody who's not used to more extreme things, that I would argue that that's a significant enough change from a normal shoe that there may be an injury risk of them jumping into a shoe like that too quickly, right? Because it's so radically different that if you don't ease into it, you're like you may risk an injury. And so these shoes aren't perfect. Uh, and any shoe, right? And changing even from trainers, right? If it's too drastically different, there there's obviously a chance that it might happen unless you give your body time to adapt to it. Whereas jumping into this shoe did not have that. I think it's because, again, the foam is awesome. There's still a bounce there. But the mechanics of the shoe are set up where it doesn't need as many of those extreme measures. And you get more of like, hey, this is a really awesome running shoe. It's not like this like crazy, like, oh my gosh, this, you know, this wedge and lever in all those different areas. It's just done really nicely. And I'm not going to say simple because there's a lot of complexity in the simplicity of how this is done, but it doesn't need as much of an extreme rocker and other ends. And it just feels like a pleasant shoe to run in where you're like, you don't have to really think about it. And that's something that is definitely unique in today's market because I feel like a lot of companies are doing things that are so extreme. You're like, I, I figure I have to figure out how I feel about this. This was just a boom, like this running shoe. It's got some, it's got, got that, uh, you know, I'm going to argue, I say there is a little trampoline effect to it, but it's not extreme. It is very pleasant and definitely pleasant to run fast in. But I think a lot of people are going to do very well with this shoe. If they're curious, this is probably the safest option and not safest from a performance standpoint. Cause I think this can move, right? Look at Molly Seidel. I've had some awesome workouts in this, but I think from a transition standpoint of going from one shoe to another, I think this is a better option than a lot of things out there because it's not as extreme in the, in the biomechanics and design. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make a quick comment about the midsole and the durometer and the feel just for the listeners and the viewers. So the reason why I have the X-Tep here uh, <laughs> and the Endorphin Pro and, and the Alpha Fly is because the foam itself, this is independent of geometry and plate and all that, but just, just the foam itself, it feels a little bit softer and a little bit bouncier than the Power Run PB in the Endorphin Pro but it, it's, it's in the middle. It doesn't feel quite as bouncy and trampoline as Zoom X, but it still has those elements. It almost feels like a baby between, now the viewers probably, if you're not a really big shoe geek, 
But it feels like to me a baby between the XTEP 160X and the Nike Zoom X midsole, where it's got that bounce, but it's not unstable at the same time. And so this is again completely independent of the ride of the shoe or the plate or whatever, just 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 the foam itself. But that's kind of where it's where it lies. If you have one of those other models of the shoes or you've tried them, for me, yeah. Personally. That was going to be one of my questions for you guys was where do you rank this in terms of like softness and bounciness? And that actually I have the same order. You know, if we just take just, you know, endorphin pro and this and and this, and then, you know, the zoom X stuff, this would, it, this would sit bouncier than the endorphin pro. Um, I will speak really quickly to uh, we'll maybe come back to that question again, but just really quickly to my experience with this, I think I totally agree with you guys. There's something about, the construction of this shoe that it's not 40 millimeters in the back, you know, you you're probably down closer to of the actual foam, probably 35, 34, just because the sock liner is included in the measurements they gave us. So you have this very manageable amount of foam. It's still high. I mean, who are we kidding? When, <laughs> when we start saying that 36 millimeters is not a lot, but <clears throat> I think you guys have hit it on the head. We're like, this is just a normally constructed shoe. That's just a really, really, really nice foam. And it has just enough flexibility in the forefoot where you can actually like you, it feels like you can use the plate at any pace. I feel, you know, you don't need to be like pounding into it to actually get stuff out. And I'm not like a huge guy. I weigh like 160 pounds. So I, I'm not needing to put a lot into it to actually use it. And I think that's unique for the experience that I've had in a lot of these other plated shoes. Um, and so I, I think I appreciated that with the ride and definitely has a lot more, a lot of bounce. That's fun, but it, do, it doesn't feel out of control. I, I just really appreciated it from, from my, my time in the shoe at, at all the paces that I brought it through, which for me is, you know, I'm going anything from my marathon pace slower than my marathon pace. And then I brought it up to my 10 K. I didn't, I've not taken it to my 5 K pace at all, but, um, really nice shoe. And I hate the hype train and I'm, I feel like I'm hyping it up too much. I gotta, gotta tone down my, my hype factor. That's a clarification, right? So all the shoes that we receive <coughs> not paid for any of them. We do not charge people to review them. They are sent free of charge. We don't charge people anything, but there's also no requirements. So companies cannot require us to give a positive review. They can require us to say, Hey, you can't review this until X date, but that's it. We're going to give you an honest review. And if a shoe is great, we're going to tell you. If it sucks, we're going to tell you. And so this is one of the ones that, like, again, I, I'm on that where I'm like, I hate the hype train. There's a shoe I have right now that I'm definitely not on the hype train about. This is one that I'm like, this has done really well. I'm really impressed. And I, I would like to apologize to Puma when they had that uh, Q&A session. I was the one asking the really hard questions and being, like, kind of a jerk. So I'm, you know, a skeptic at this point. I've been through enough of my life. Where I'm like, this is probably not going to work. I, I think I, I think the other thing on that on that vein, Matt. I yeah. think the other thing you know that that we do one is obviously there's there's the fact yeah we don't get paid but they send this to us for free. This is a two hundred dollars shoe that they yeah. send us right. So that's like a factor. And I think um, obviously we we don't have any other ties to it besides that. And so we do work to be as objective as we possibly can with this stuff. And I think the thing that we try to do that stems from our unique position in all being clinicians and working with people is we don't just look in a sh at a shoe in terms of what do, what do we like? We look at the shoe based on what we see with different populations of people who most times are either injured or trying to improve their running. And so like we have these pictures of, okay, I may not like this shoe or whatever shoe it is. I do like the shoe, but if there's a shoe I don't like, my review usually isn't like blast the shoe. It's I don't like this shoe. And that's why we have like a, in our online grading stuff, we have a personal section because we can say, I didn't like it, but we can say who we think it might work for based on our experience in working with tons of different runners and different body types and different. So that, that's kind of how we go about this. So like, usually we're not ones to um, hype train a shoe or blast a shoe. Usually you're going to find us thinking about who might it work for and who might it not and where could it cause problems and where could it be beneficial that's what we like to do, but that's a total side tangent. Let's jump back to the shoe. Actually, um, I just want to make a comment for the viewers. Oh, I just want to say that Nathan loves to hate that he loves the hype. Yep. 
No, I don't love the hype. I hate it. It's I like a, he's like hype. a closet hyper. Like he just like he, no. he loves it. He just doesn't want to admit it. I don't love the hype. <laughs> the hype is annoying. And then when I, I think what I hate is when I do like a shoe and I want to hype it, I'm like, but I don't want to be that guy that hypes a shoe. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to make everyone pay 200 bucks to buy a shoe. That could be a commenting thing below. Anyways, does Nathan <laughs> like the hype? That's the question. Uh, I guess people will know better based on what, how they read, you know, if they read my stuff and I, maybe I hype more than I think I do. Yeah. Give me feedback y'all. Cause I don't like the hype. All right. Um, one comment I want to make. So if you watched my video about my first impressions of the shoe, you heard me talk about the different uh, feeling the foam above the plate and below the plate. So I did get to talk to, um, the product line manager of run specialty and performance, um, about that. And, and I did ask him about what's the durometer above and below. And he, he, what he told us is that the construction of the shoe and the durometer is cooked or created the same way. So the durometer above and below should be the same. He said, but what happens? He's like, cause you can definitely feel the difference. I mean, I'm not making that up. I even had my wife feel it and she agreed, but he said, what happens is imagine um, cooking, ba- like baking a cookie, like a, or uh, like a brownie and you take a brownie and you put it in a huge pan and like the whole thing is going to be soft because there's not a lot of edge compared to the amount of foam. Whereas if you have a smaller pan, the edges are going to get more crispy. Right. So like there's going to be, you're going to have more proportionally, you'll have more crisp than you will gooey center if you have a smaller pan. And so since the amount on the bottom is smaller than the top, you have a quote crispier edge. Does that make sense? That is really interesting. Yes. I like the that's brown. how he explained it. He's like, cause you have to cook it. That's right. basically with these foams. You're basically putting it in a mold and then the mold cooks it. So you get the quote crispy edges. And so, so that's, he explained that's probably what you're feeling there, which I think coincidentally gives a really nice construction for the shoe from a stability standpoint, because you have artificial sidewalls, you have a lower platform that's a little bit more stable that it doesn't just completely collapse. Cause if it is a little bit more crispy quote unquote, or firm on the outsides, it can act kind of like that guidance. Um, in addition to having, a middle cutout surrounded by a pretty thick amount of outsole. So sorry. Yes. We're transitioning to stability. My bad. So with stability here, you have pretty thick outsole in comparison to some other racers that extends up the lateral side, but it it does surround the entire heel with a cutout in the middle for just foam. So you take a little bit of cooked, (laughs) I'm going to use that phrase now, but like a little bit of crispy cooked edges plus more outsole foam. It kind of gives that, uh, or rubber gives that guidance just to stay centered on here. And it doesn't feel unstable in the heel, like some of some other racers that I've experienced, um, or shoes like the endorphin speed, um, something else, sorry, I'm going all over the place, Go for it. but I'm going to do one more quick thing. Something else I appreciate is that, uh, we, we have not tested the deviate nitro, um, that we've only tested the deviate nitro elite. However, what I appreciate about the difference between those two shoes is that it's a completely different foam. So you can get kind of, I think the difference between that and what Saucony did with the Endorphin Speed and Endorphin Pro is that the Speed and Pro are so close because it's the same foam. The only difference really, I mean, the upper is different, but then it's just the type of plate. Whereas this, you get kind of the same plate, but the foam changes. So I think that makes a bigger change in a shoe than, than just changing the plate. Um, so I, I think that's appreciated. I hope we do get to test the deviate nitro. I guess we could always just pick it up and then test it. Um, research, but I thought research, that was a nice difference. That's a great difference. That's, there's a research. Comp- Some people might ask uh, if you ask that in the comments and the answer is going to be, we don't know yet is what makes a bigger difference, a change in plate or a change in foam. We there's, we don't have that evidence yet. It's very hard to do that. Right. So it's a great question. It's a great theoretical question. We have some, some, research individually on a softer sole of foam versus a firmer foam, a firmer plate versus a more flexible plate. We have that. We just don't have the cross comparison. So it's going to be a subjective feel right now. And, you know, we're, we're curious to get our hands on the deviate nitro and compare this because it's definitely interesting to see that much change with, you know, foam changes, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys think stability wise? 
Yeah, so I was right about to go into it right now. So if you look at the blow-up chart, Nathan was talking a little bit about the sidewalls. Uh, when you look at the different layers, I'm going to try and keep the mic close and point at the same time. But it almost creates a little bit of like a bucket sensation in the heel and rear foot in each layer. And then you have the plate that's flattened out in the heel, and then it extends down through the forefoot where it eventually splits off near that great toe. And those sidewalls continue through the forefoot as well. So regardless of like the crispiness or the durometer of the midsole, there's also a little bit of sidewall and, and bucket like action going on too, where it's like, it's almost like this indirect sidewall that you don't really feel a whole lot of, like, it's not so much that it's, you notice it from a stability standpoint, the heel and rear foot is stable, but it doesn't feel like there's a sidewall there that's pushing you. It's, it's integrated really, really well. Um, and that also just helps kind of keep things linear as well. And if you look too, the plates also molded and helps just with that transition as well. So overall the shoe is just really smooth from pretty much every transition point that you can think of without being drastic in, in any specific region. So it's, it's a really well balanced shoe. And I think it's a shoe that's it's stable for a racing shoe of this caliber. So. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I was really surprised how stable it was. That was something I was actually concerned about. Something, you know, when I start to see a little bit more narrow midfoot and like cut out here, I was like, oh, we'll see how this goes. No issue. I guess one of the things were just, I totally forgot about it until I took my shoe out, took them off afterwards. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's that, this little cutout here. But I didn't notice that at all. There's, again, the, the side, that subtle sidewall action going on. There is some sole flare on the medial and lateral aspects of the forefoot, which again, for me, forefoot stability is really key. And I think that split plate up front provides a really, really nice transition boards. I'm curious to know what you guys think about that design because we've got, we're starting to see more and more variety in place. So Nike came out with their, there's the full length, fits the whole thing. Skechers has an H plate that's primarily in the forefoot. Adidas has the rods with a carbon plate in the back. So those are carbon infused rods. Sockety has an S plate. David, the X step uses this kind of X, uh, X plate. Yeah, that would have been obvious. But we're starting to see some different experimentation with designs. I can't forget Hoka. Obviously, they have the one that pivot that attempts to pivot you off the first ray. We're now seeing we're seeing some more experimentation. We don't know what happens with different plate designs. There's been a study recently where they actually cut the the plate in half in a vapor fly and had some interesting results. I'm not going to talk about that here, but I'm curious to know, like, Hey, if you start making cut up, yeah. Nice. You have to, you have to go there. If you can, you should go there. So ironically, this is who came at all, who is the researcher who did a lot of the original 4% research and is who is working with Puma. Uh, he is fantastic. I've gotten to sit in on one of his students do their thesis presentation and very bright individual and it's great research that he puts out. Um, it's what he did though, and I would encourage people to read the research and see if you interpret this differently, is he, in a pair of vapor flies, cut the plate and uh, through the full length. And they- Like, like this way or like this? Right here. Okay. Just to see, basically changed the flexibility and they didn't really see any change in mechanics or efficiency. So the argument is the plate may not be making as big of an impact as, as some people might argue. You know, I'd still argue it's that, you know, lesser amount. There's some other factors that have to be discussed in terms of plate design. Sure. How are you splitting it? We don't have that information yet. I personally like the way it's split in this design. My, my hypothesis would be that it just allows a little bit of independent mode. Like, like it's almost that kind of same concept where it's not quite a sidewall, but it's just had a nice split. And wherever you got a split, you're going to typically get a little bit more motion. So it's a little, it to me, it, and maybe this might be psychological, but it feels very guided through the forefoot. And not like a, hey, it's forcing me to pivot through the first toe or the outside. It just transitions me very nicely through there. And so I kind of like the split. I think I agree. I think the split was really good. I, I, I think the part about plates that I find most interesting, and I don't, I don't have much to say besides I think it's intriguing, <clears throat> and I can't wait to keep learning about this stuff and hopefully get to start playing around with it in some capacities. But um, I think the part that intrigues me most is, 
and this is coming from conversations that we've been able to have with designers, what you can do with plates in terms of flexibility. So we have shaping of plates. So instead of just being flat right across, you have like Saucony, the S plate. This one, if you look at the picture, kind of we don't have super details on what this one is like. But based on where the line is on the, the midsole, what the picture looks like, it looks like it also has kind of a curve to it. So you can curve plates. But then I think what's the most interesting is thinking about creating flexibility in different directions at different points in the plate. So you could choose to make the midfoot part more uh, stiff and less flexible than the forefoot part. And you can make it able to bend in one direction, but not another. And I think that's where a lot of the intrigue comes with plates. And we had Val on, I think she kind of talked about that a little bit. And then we've been able to talk with some other people kind of behind the scenes about playing around with those things. And that's where, unfortunately, research will probably be 10 to 15 years behind. And so innovation is going to be ahead of research, um, besides the independent research that's done inside of their labs to look at efficiency. But I think it'll just be fascinating to see um, to see where that goes in a plate. Are you doing that because I said innovation? Please don't forget nice. <laughs> right? Because most of the theory right now, based on the current evidence we have, is that the foams play a major, and it's the whole thing. It's the foam, the plate, the geometry, but don't forget the foams, right? A PBAX, like nitrogen-infused PBAX, I love this stuff. It's a clear bounce without being unstable like Zumex, but still having a little bit more than other kind of PU foams. And it smells normal. It smells normal. True. I totally forgot about that. See did that. So don't forget the foams are awesome. I feel like we should give more credit to stuff like Kudos to Puma to doing a the combining some of the concepts now that we've had Hyperburst, we've had ZoomX. Kudos to combining the two things because I really like it. I feel like it's the best of both worlds. This is probably my yeah. favorite poem thus far. Yeah, I think I the think... question... You go, David. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think one thing we have to take into consideration with plates, too, is that there's not really any specific way to standardize this in the research. So even if it's 10 to 15 years behind, there's a chance it might never catch up. I mean, because innovation is going to continue to keep happening. And I think one really interesting thing for me specifically with plates, and you alluded to this a little bit, Nathan, is flexibility and, and playing around with that because anything overly flexible or overly rigid is, is not necessarily good. You want to have the most natural pathway that you can for your foot to some degree. Um, and so I think for me with this shoe specifically, I don't really notice any like quote unquote guidance in the forefoot, but I just notice that quick little snap and flexibility at that late toe off phase. And that feels nice. It feels like your, your toes are supposed to have some flexion at that point, like, or extension, you know, when you're landing on there, there should be a flex point there. And that feels nice. And I notice that. I don't know if I notice any like specific direction associated with it, but the fact that it just feels a little bit more flexible there. It feels a lot more just natural. It doesn't feel like it's forcing me to do anything. Yeah. All right. I have a final question for us before we wrap up. Um, and it's going to be a hard, and I don't, we can't give uh, no, you can't qualify your answer too much. You get like a 10 second qualification for each one. So we're going to start with 10 K and basically the question is going to be, you can choose, this is a carbon plated shoe. So you say you can choose one carbon plated shoe to run a distance. Um, I'm going to do 10 K half marathon and marathon, pick your shoe and give like a, a, a five second qualification for it, but not more. Um, so 10 K, what shoe are you grabbing? David? He's grabbing the, the, the deviate elite, deviate nitro elite from David, which that's a big deal. <laughs> Mr. Alpha fly. All right, Matt, what's your, what's your pick? I'm, I'm also going to go with the deviate nitro elite because it is light enough at, you know, for size diet sub seven ounce that I want that speed, but there's still enough cushion here in protection that when I hit 5k and I realize I've gone out too fast, I'm still going to have a protective shoe underfoot. Cool. Um, I'm deviating. Oh, no pun intended there, I'm, but I'm going to deviate from the norm. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and I am going to actually say the uh, Skechers Speed Elite. I just love the, I, lo I ran my PR half marathon in it. And I just, 
it just feels aggressive. And I like that for the 10 K like, it feels like I'm a little bit lower and, and digging into it. So I would choose, um, I would choose speed elite for 5k. You would choose it for 5k. Well, I guess let's do 5k too. So Matt would choose speed elite for 5k. Sorry, David. One of the two. I don't think I was. Oh man. This is going to kill him. Last time we did this, you were cho- trying to choose between a couple of shoes in like 20 seconds before your 5K, you chose the Alpha Fly. You know what? If I'm oh. feeling good. Oh, man. Jesus. Uh, uh, I might have to go Razor Elite. And you know what's a dark horse would actually be the Cloud Boom. Really? Okay. I like it feels very low to the ground and snappy. It's a really it's it's a relatively firm platform compared to the other quote unquote super shoes. I don't like it for anything longer than say 10 mm. a I, I really don't. You could go half marathon, but my foot starts hurting after like eight miles. Your road, next road five K, you're telling me you are not gonna choose the Alpha Fly. I mean, because I, I chose it because of fatigue resistance reasons, not because of like responsiveness or whatever but i and then the puma would be on the list too it's like man i don't know i know i have to make the decision yeah. like all right day of. Yeah. which you do yeah i'll i'll just say mine is all still speed lead for 5k 5k 10k for me all right half marathon what's your choice i feel like this is a perfect half marathon shoe for me there is plated in there it's not so aggressive that like i'm like oh my gosh i've got like too stiff of a shoe going when i start hitting like it's like six seven eight miles if i start passing 10k but there's enough cush that those last three miles or so i'm still gonna be like i'm really happy i chose this shoe it's not weighing me down i still can turn my legs over there's got some bounce but there's still enough protection there that i'm not feeling the road at that point yeah i'm i'm choosing the deviate elite for the half marathon no doubt i felt like i their, their, their big goal with this is to create an effortless run. And even when I took this to 10 K, it did, it didn't feel like I had to work to get down there in this shoe. Like it's, it was great. So, but for half marathon, I agree with you, Matt. Deviate elite for me, David. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) Alpha Alpha fly. And it's actually for the same reasons that Klein was saying it's weighing me down. So 13 miles, I feel like is short enough to where I don't feel like the weight's that much of a factor with the alpha fly. I feel like we'll go more into the marathon later, but I think I can hold it down and, and keep that responsiveness and protection for 13.1 in the alpha fly. And I think that little bit, even if it's a little less quote unquote comfortable for my foot, if I'm choosing to race for a PR, I'm probably going to grab this guy. Yeah. All right. Now the big, the big kahuna, the marathon. What are you guys picking? David, go first. Why do you guys keep making? Go. All right, I'll, I'll go. I'll go first. I, I was gonna go. I have. I'm holding it, but you yeah. are okay. Yeah, go, go for it. Wow, that's wow. surprising to me. Is it because yeah. of what you said about the comfort on your foot thing in comparison yeah, to the is, alpha fly? This shoe is legitimately more comfortable on my foot. It feels more natural. It's lighter weight. It's still protective. It's still responsive. Like for 26.2, I would prefer to have this on my foot. Whereas like the alpha fly, I've talked about this before. I really like the responsiveness and the, and the balance and all that, that you get from it, but it does aggravate my foot probably after about 10 miles of running hard, which I can do for 5k, you know, like after the 10 mile mark. And, and run a solid half, but I don't, if, I, if I'm choosing 26.2, this is definitely the safer bet for me, I think. Matt, where do you want me to go? What? Nathan, why don't you go? Okay. So one of well, them, I, it's, a, it's a cross between two of them and one of them we can't talk about. Oh, we'll guess, get there. Uh, <laughs> that, I'm right I, there I with mean, you. This, this is clearly like obviously shoes we can, only, we can talk about, but uh, I think if I'm honest, I personally wouldn't race a marathon in a plated shoe. <laughs> I don't think I, I, I don't think I need it for my pace and I would rather be in a shoe that's a little bit more comfortable. And I have a lot on the list that I would potentially choose from. Symmetros would be one of those for me, the Reebok Symmetros. One would be this, the Velocity Nitro. One would be a Wave Rider. 
the 24. Um, go ahead. What about the Carbon X2? So, okay. But, okay. So, but my, my answer for the carbon plated, cause I think that's, that's what we're doing. Uh, my answer is between two. My number one um, is the carbon X2, just because I think that the split plate allows me to feel really natural. And I just loved how, I love how soft the landing is because it's the rubberized DVA. No, it doesn't last forever. It lasts fine, but it's just so soft and smooth for me. It just works with my mechanics and I've just been loving running in that shoe and some other shoes I'm testing with it. So just really appreciate the X2. I would say that this is a, it would be like the, the second choice for me right now. Um, but I do, I still choose X2 over it for, for that right now. Um, but over all of those, I probably would choose a non-plated shoe. <laughs> So mine's going to come from different. Realize that both of the marathons that I that I've run and not been pacing were run in the Speed Elite Hyper from Skechers. So I'm used to a lot less shoe. Running in a ton of shoe is not something that I like and definitely with longer miles starts to bother me and get in the way of my stride. So I don't know if my body could handle running in that long in the speed elite anymore i'm definitely not in the elite category at this point in my life so the two there's two shoes i would consider one of which I can't talk about at the moment but should be we have, should be getting some photos here in the next two months or so but i would say this one is probably the other one just because yeah, it's it's a shoe that you can t- that I feel like yeah, there's a the nit- deviate elite naturally. The reason I would choose this is because yeah, there's a bounce, but it feels natural enough to me that yeah, I I've gone and used this shoe to warm up and cool down and it had no problem in. And that's kind of the big test to me of going if I can warm up and cool down a shoe when I first of all it takes me a long time to warm up, and cool downs can be brutal as well. If I can do that comfortably in a shoe, that tells me I can use that for a marathon and this is one that i definitely have been able to do that with without any issue or i'm like hey you know what if i was like you know i don't i don't want to say that the wrong way if i was a person that was going to train full time in carbon plated shoes this would definitely be it because it's comfortable enough that i could go there's enough upper volume that i know i'm going to be able to handle swelling and not worry about any chafing the foam is bouncy where i know if i pick up the pace it's going to really feel super nice but it's not so insane that I feel like my ankle's going to, because I need stability and my ankle doesn't feel like it's going to fatigue. I've done an easy run in this without an issue. So I would definitely choose this or the other unnamed one that everyone will find out about soon enough. I hope. I, that's like the fake hype here, you know, just like hype. No, it no, up. but, but oh, it's real oh, hype. Oh, there, there is a shoe out there that I <laughs> also feel strongly about that I can't talk about. So, all right. Well, okay. I'm just going to say a couple more things. I, th- I wish this could be at the beginning. The other thing that Puma's done with all of their Nitro line is that they've created two different lasts for men and women. They put a lot of time into that. Um, and so the way that they describe it um, is that they have uh, a little bit n- more narrow of a heel, um, a lower instep, and then they mold the arch differently for the men and the women's shoes. And that runs across all of their lines, uh, which I think is is really nice. They're not just shrinking and pinking. And so they, they have that specific last for, for both, which actually could be an interesting thing for people who maybe try on, you could try on both uh, if you have the ability to do so, because just because it's designed for women, it probably will fit them better, but, or men, um, but trying on the different shoes might end up fitting you better um, potentially. So you might as well try them on, especially if you run a little narrow or in the heel or something like that. Um, the second thing that I wish I would have said earlier is that this will be listed at $200, uh, in the U S and it, what was the second thing? Oh, re- it should be releasing April 1st, uh, in the U S 250 bucks. Thank you. Yeah. 200, 200 is a kind of a standard. Uh, I think the other question I have that I think time will tell um, is how long does this nitrogen infused PIBA last? That's, that's a question that they probably know from their testing uh, with wear testing, but I think it'll be interesting to see how long does this stuff keep its, keep its beauty. 
How many, we, how many miles do you have on your pair? On mine? Yeah. I've probably got maybe 25. I, I think with two track workouts and then the long tempo, that was like 13 in itself because warm up and cool down. Uh, oh, yeah, like maybe like, maybe like 25, maybe a little more, depending on how long I was on the track. It's usually like five miles of quality work and then there's like floats or 400 right. easy laps, you know, whatever in there. The durability is a good question because that's something that we need to, we, everybody has to take a little bit more time on. A lot of the reviewers, we go through so many shoes that it's hard to get that in there. So we'll try to really get some serious miles in these and say, hey, what happens to this new foam? There's plenty of information on other foams that people have run through at this time and going, yeah, you know, it's either lasts forever or it like loses the magic right away. We'll keep getting some miles on these and update all of you on going, hey, what happens if we get more miles on it? But so far, it's been good. It's been nice. Yep. yep. Cool. Well, this was a fun, this was a fun shoe to talk about. I think it's, uh, it, it's unique for a company to kind of jump into the scene and doing something, um, <laughs> weirdly simple, but so different feeling like it's, it's, it looks, it looks like a shoe and it, it runs way more special than that, which I think is pretty cool. So, yeah. Um, it- if this shoe were a song, it would be Congratulations by Post Malone because <laughs> now they made it and people are just saying congratulations. I think you're right. Please don't do that as the question because I can barely remember song names. No, that David already answered it. We're good. Good, we're good. We're good. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you want to check out more of the stuff that we've talked about in recent past, you can check out our Instagram. Uh, on, on our Instagram, we have a couple things going, mainly our Science Fridays, where we dive a little bit deeper into some of the science behind this stuff, whether it's biomechanics or footwear science or the research behind some of this stuff. So you can go there, which is a springboard onto our website, doctorsofrunning.com, uh, where we have all of our shoe reviews, multiple tester shoe reviews, and then articles on footwear science where we try to synthesize the literature in words that make sense. And then you can also check out our YouTube channel, which this is on there as well as on podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, if you want to listen on the go. So check us out and let us know if you have any questions or any shoes you want reviewed or uh, bleep bloop other things. Got no words. Let me know how the audio sounds. I'm doing it outside. I don't know if you guys can hear all the cars in the background. So we'll find out in just a few minutes. Yeah, I think that that's a good point. People should give us feedback on audio because we do put this in podcast form and I know that's a big deal. So we are up for considering, I, we, I use headphones. We're just super low tech and zoom. So um, if you guys have feedback on who sounds the worst, uh, we'll start to make some, some modifications. Uh, and I then think it we'll has go. consistently been me until I finally started holding closer. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out if people listen this long. We're putting this all at the end. All right. We should go. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye-bye.